Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, the Hey Mary Kay edition. I'm Dan Lobby, joined by Mary Kay Cabot. Uh, before we get into Hey Mary Kay questions, it's about 8.10 here as we're recording this on Monday night. So obviously, uh, situations can change uh, from the time we record to uh, to whenever you listen to this, whether it's the middle of the day, Tuesday, whatever. Uh, but of course, Miles Garrett was involved in a car crash today um, in Medina County. And his Porsche flipped over multiple times. Him and a female passenger were both taken to a hospital. Um, Non-life-threatening injuries, Mary Kay. But what, what can you kind of tell us here, uh, kind of what we know right now? And again, it's it's 8.10. This is a developing story. So some things might change between, you know, when we're saying this and when people actually hear this. Yeah, I was able to get a few more details this evening on what is going on with Miles, where things stand, and what he was like when troopers arrived at the scene. Um, but as you mentioned, as of right now, he's still in the hospital receiving treatment. He's undergoing some tests, and we just don't know for sure uh, what the situation is going to be yet. Um, in terms of, you know, it almost feels weird to talk about football, but we don't know if he's going to play football on Sunday. Right now, that's probably the least of his worries. I know he's probably extremely grateful to be alive. Um, but again, nevertheless, there, you know, there probably is a chance he's going to have to sit out this game. But where things stand right now, uh, again, he's in the hospital. He's at the hospital uh, getting tested. You know, the later it gets, who knows? They might keep him for observation. We don't know about that yet or not. But it seems to me that it would make sense to do so. When you see the photos of the cars, the car that are circulating out there, and it was a Porsche, um, you know, once again, it's a fast, fast car. Um, but when you see the, um, you know, when you see the photos, you, you know, you can see that, you know, this was a, a very, very serious accident. In fact, I talked to uh, the spokesperson for the Ohio State Highway Patrol, Ray Santiago, Sergeant Ray Santiago. He told me tonight. We are very grateful that Miles and his passenger are alive, okay? If they didn't, and he said, this is why seatbelts are important. Uh, He didn't say, he didn't come right out and say it, but I mean, he was suggesting that this could have been very, very serious and dire had they not had their seatbelts on. So kids, everyone else, wear your seatbelts. My goodness, Uh, this this was so scary uh, to see what this car looked like. So- Anyways, Miles, um, 
and and his female passenger, unidentified female passenger. So we don't know who it was, um, but they uh, they both sustained non-life life threatening injuries. And I mean, Dan, we 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 were there at the Browns facility. We saw Miles practice, and then we saw him in the locker room today. And what's so bizarre about this is like I was the last person to talk to him probably before he left the facility and got in this accident. I talked to him as he was on his way out of the locker room and like basically headed probably right to his car, I would think after that, uh, you know, to get to get home. And um, so that that kind of felt weird because I, I was working on a, a story about Anthony Walker um, and um, Okora for diving on his back and Miles just doesn't hold back. And he said, you know, that was a bull SHIT play. And so I was writing that story. I finished that up and I get a, I'm walking to my car. I get a text from you. Miles flipped his car and it's like, oh my God, you know? So it's shocking, but um, fortunately for everybody involved, no one was seriously hurt. And that, that is the blessing in all of this right now. Yeah. I I mean, it, it seems strange to talk about Sunday's game in light of this, but the fact that we are able to at least touch on Sunday's game is that's good news. It's because, you know, this could have been much worse. Like you said, uh, both, both people were wearing seatbelts. There is no suspicion of intoxication of any kind. Um, so that we, we should mention that as well. Um, the car just went off the road for whatever reason we don't know yet. Um, but I mean, yeah, obviously like when you see those pictures and you realize you, you look at the car, it's just, it's crazy to think about how much worse this could have been for miles or, uh, for the passenger as well. And, um, you know, obviously we're just all happy that he's still alive, that these are non-life-threatening injuries. And we just sort of have to kind of sit and wait and, until we hear word about, you know, what injuries were suffered. If, if they were, you know, minor injuries in, in terms of car accident are a little different than like a minor injury when it comes to football, I guess. So um, we, we just don't know what the extent of any injuries might be. Yes. And a couple of things here, Dan, first of all, you're so very right um, that it is so important to note that there was no drugs or alcohol involved in this. Now, the um, the Ohio State Highway Patrol is still conducting an investigation into what happened. So we don't know if if speed was an issue. We have no idea if speed was an issue. But um, Sergeant Santiago basically said to me in no uncertain terms, there was definitely uh, no suspicion of drugs or alcohol involved. So that's, um, you know, that's really good to know. But the other thing that I was thinking um, is the fact that um, Miles was um, sat out Tuesday of last week. Remember that he sat out Tuesday with a neck injury. And then he went out and played in the game on, on Thursday night. So he was already you know, feeling a little bit banged up with a neck injury. I mean, I can't imagine uh, that he's not going to be, if nothing else, incredibly, incredibly sore after flipping a car, you know, several times. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very, very scary thing that happened. I'm sure that he's very rattled, very shaken up. um, But yeah, it, it was it was very important to note that. And I mean, he doesn't even drink. I mean, like 
I did an interview right. with him once where, I mean, he said he's never even, at that point, he had never even had a beer in his entire life. So, I mean, people can forget about that, uh, but we don't know exactly, you know, any other details at this point. Well, and then, you know, like you said, he left the facility, you know, this was basically like a Friday today. So it was, you know, one o'clock, these veterans are out the door, they're gone. This, these aren't long days. So today was sort of like a, a bonus day. It was a fr- sort of like a Friday schedule. And based on where he was, that's, yeah, that's about the time it would have taken to get from the facility um, to there. So yeah, again, no, no suspicion of, of any of that stuff as well. And I guess just just to touch on the football side of it, because, you know, again, at least we are able to talk about the football side because there, there were no non-life-threatening injuries. Everybody, you know, walked away from the accident. Um, this, I guess this is just another layer of adversity uh, for, for the Browns to potentially have to deal with. Because like you said, even if he's kind of okay, I mean, we've all sort of been in, even when you're in a minor accident, you can you can ache and, and be sore from that for weeks sometimes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, yeah, I was once, and I don't know if you've ever been involved in anything, but I was involved in just something where somebody hit me from behind and um, my whole body was sore for like a long time. Yeah. Like at least a good solid, solid week. Just, just the way that my whole body was jarred. I mean, think about this. He flipped the car, not once, not several times. This car flipped over. That had to be so terrifying, uh, obviously so terrifying for him and his passenger. But as I, as I mentioned, he was not trapped in the car when, when they arrived. So that's great. He was not trapped inside the car. And when they, when they arrived, he was alert and he was awake. And, you know, he was with it. So I think that's another good thing. But as you mentioned, uh, when something like this happens, you're going to have to do the concussion. You're going to have to to make sure that he doesn't have a concussion uh, and, and all of those other things. But, um, yeah, I I think it'd be really hard for him to play on Sunday. I think I think it would be hard. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, rumors start to fly about, you know, could it be this? Could could he have this or that? I, we don't know anything yet. But, um, but even if he doesn't have any structural damage, I still think it would be hard uh, to get out there and play a football game on Sunday after this. Now you can't rule it out, but I, I think it would be difficult. And the other thing that comes to my mind about this, Dan, is boy, Miles has been involved in a lot of things, hasn't mm-hmm. he? I mean, Miles has had uh, a lot of adversity since he's he's been in the league, right? I mean, he had. Uh, you know, he's had the helmet incident. He had really bad COVID. I mean, he had bad COVID and that was compounded by the fact that he has asthma. Um, so, you know, he really struggled that year. He sprained his ankle his rookie year. He sprained his ankle. Did, and missed the first, I think his first game was like week four or something. Yeah. I think he missed the first, yeah, three or four games. He might've missed the first four yeah. games of his rookie year. Um, so he's, you know, he's been through it a little bit and, um, you know, and even this year he's had a very ill family member and he's gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, uh, to Texas for that. So he's had a lot of ups and downs for, you know, for a young guy. And, um, this certainly is going to go very, very high on his list. I think of, uh, adversity that he's going to have to overcome just the, the, just the sheer, uh, terror of being involved in an accident like that. 
Well, and, and we've experienced too how much more comfortable I think he's gotten. And, and I, I mean, I think you've experienced as, as much as anyone, you know, as far as the media dealing with him. And just, I mean, you mentioned it. He's he doesn't hold back anymore. You know, he was very outspoken about about the play against Anthony Walker, and so he's become very comfortable, kind of in Cleveland, in North, kind of with who he is in Northeast Ohio. I, you know, I think getting that contract helped a lot. Um, kind of this being his second home in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, again, we're, you know, there is a football element to this, but we're all just happy that miles is okay and alive and was able to walk away. And that this, it it seems like this is just going to be a minor setback if anything. Yes. Let's, let's hope so. Um, because we don't, again, we don't know what, um, what kind of tests he's undergoing. We, we don't know uh, any of that yet. I mean, it, it was described by the Ohio State Highway Patrol as minor injuries uh, that he was taken to the hospital for. But once you start getting in there and you start taking x-rays and you're doing, you're doing things, you, know, you, you don't know if you find a little crack here or there or something. We, we don't know yet. I'm speculating that perhaps there could have been uh, something a little bit more that isn't going to show up when you are just being taken to the hospital. Uh, but let's hope that that is not the case. And then the other part of this too is, again, from a football standpoint, Jadavian Clowney is out or has been out with an ankle injury. So there is a world in which both of those guys could miss this game. And they're not playing the best team in the world. They're going to Atlanta to play the Falcons. But nevertheless, you still don't want to be without both of your uh, top defensive ends. And now we also know that they are without Anthony Walker uh, for the entire season. Okay, let's take a break. And then uh, we're going to do some Hey Mary Kay questions from our Football Insider subscribers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So a little bit of an abbreviated edition here of, uh, of Hey Mary Kay with the, the breaking news of Miles Garrett uh, earlier in the day. But we did ask for questions and we certainly got um, some good ones. So Mary Kay, let's get right to it. Billy in Kansas has a question about the quarterback position through week three. Where he says, hey, Mary Kay, through week three, Jacoby Brissett is ninth in the NFL with a QBR rating of 62.6, 32nd in the NFL, Baker Mayfield with a 19 and a half QBR. The Browns are two and one with Jacoby. Would they be 0 and three with Baker? You know what? There, there is a good chance they could be. I mean, there is a good chance they could be because uh, Jacoby really has, he's only thrown one interception. I'm guessing that Baker probably would have thrown more by now. Um, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, may have been able to, to grab one off of him. Uh, Jacoby's very, very, very careful with the ball. And as you mentioned, I mean, these were really close football games, all three of them. I mean, the Browns could be three and oh, they could be oh, and three, they could be any, you know, any combination of two and one, one and two, whatever they can be that, um, because these games were so incredibly close. So I, I think there is a world in which they could have been 0-3 by now, with even in this very easy part of the schedule, if Baker had been their quarterback. So I don't disagree, and I think there's a lesson here, and, and 
look, Baker's not going to learn it, but Baker should be watching these Browns games and learning from Jacoby Brissett because I, I still think Baker is a more talented quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. I, th- I think he's got a better arm. I think he's probably more accurate. I don't know, whatever. But my point is, Jacob, part of why Jacoby's been successful is he kind of knows who he is and he kind of knows his role and he knows like, okay, we're going to lean on the run game a bunch and I just have to make the throws when they're there and we're going to win games. And it, I mean, you know, Baker's coming out week one, releasing off the leash shirts and he was just clearly never happy being that guy. But maybe had he just been happy being that guy, he would still be the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback. I, I don't know. Maybe there wouldn't have been that tension between him and Kevin, and maybe this thing could have worked out. Um, but he's just not content to be – he's not as content as Jacoby Brissett is in this offense. I mean, Baker's younger. He hasn't been through what Jacoby's been through yet, quite yet in his NFL career, although he's working on it. Um, but just – there's a lot to be said for Jacoby knowing his role and accepting it and just being really good at it. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, it's about um, adapting to this offense and fitting in into it. And I, I do think that um, that Baker felt like this particular offense wasn't well suited to him and that they weren't doing the things that he does well. And he wanted to do different things. I think Jacoby is so coachable that you just have to tell him, Hey, here's what we need you to do. And he's, he's happy to do it. But by the same token, I think he's a a smart enough processor and he knows enough football that they're willing to take a lot of his input. I mean, if he wants, if he likes empty, they'll incorporate more empty. I mean, I, I think that they really trust what he's seeing and what he likes and what he wants to do. And the way that Amari Cooper has talked about him leads me to believe that that he is a very cerebral, you know, thinking man's quarterback and that he really understands things and processes them very quickly. For instance, I mean, do you think when Amari Cooper forgot to run the out route against the Panthers at the end of the game and Jacoby had the wherewithal to spike the ball in a in a legal fashion without, you know, he didn't get flustered. He did take a step back, but not an illegal. He did not do anything illegal on that spike. He was able to compose himself enough to execute a legal spike. It first drew a flag, but then they picked it up because they were like, there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, do you think that that Baker would have had the composure to pull that off? No, Uh, no. Just kind of based on what we know about Baker and and how he kind of operated late in games. Um, you, you kind of see, I was thinking this actually yesterday, I was watching, um, red zone and they showed the end of the, um, lions Vikings game. And there was a point in that game where Jared Goff at the end, just kind of took a shot down the field that you didn't necessarily need to take. And the Vikings had taken the lead and the game winning drive ended. And that's sort of, you know, some of these quarterbacks that lack composure and kind of lack awareness, they aren't willing to kind of take what's there at the end of games. Baker sort of like that. And we saw Jacoby against Carolina, just he kind of took what was there over and over again. They benefited from that roughing call. And and like you said, he had the composure, even after things didn't quite go the way they were supposed to go to just spike the football. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't go in the tank after a really rocky start. 
I mean, he didn't let that compound. You know, he didn't then just start spraying it all over the field and start turning the ball over, right? Sometimes when Baker would go bad, uh, then he would press and it would get worse. So Jacoby knew that he did not have it that game, but he didn't let it cost them the game. Now it almost did, but fortunately for them, it didn't. But I, I think he does play with a lot of composure and a lot of poise. And I also think he's got better touch on the ball when it comes to like the red zone and, you know, just the red zone and the end zone and uh, firing a, the ball in, in, in the way and the place where the receiver can get it and can catch it. I, I think that's important. Okay. This comes from Rick in Orlando. Um, we had a bunch of questions kind of similar to this one as well. Uh, hey, Mary Kate, before the season, you all generally agreed that the Browns needed to win three of the first four to have a shot at the playoffs. So if they do get to three and one on Sunday, and given what you know now about the Browns and the teams they will face, what do you think their record will be when Deshaun returns? Well, you know what, Dan, I, I do think they're probably going to get to three and one. And we did think that that was going to be necessary. But I think then, you know, I remember you looking at the rest of the, the schedule, the next seven games and saying, where are they going to get these other three victories? And it's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's possible. I actually think it's going to be doable based on what we're seeing from the defense and based on now what we're seeing from Jacoby and the running game and Jacoby's connection with Amari Cooper, I think it's possible. I really do think it's possible. Um, I mean, when you know, we have to remember that this was a championship caliber roster from top to bottom before Deshaun left for his suspension. So this wasn't, you know, this wasn't just the, uh, I don't know, name some team that has a good quarterback, but nothing else that phenomenal um i can't think of one right off the top of my head uh, let me see here um i i'm struggling to think of one too but um, one exists i know that <laughs> well maybe like the broncos or something like that where where it's not uh you know super strong all the way across the board the browns are a very very deep and strong team so for those reasons i i do think that it's possible and i think if they can hand over six victories to Deshaun Watson, uh, then I think they do have, they will have a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, I, I, I just think it's possible. I do think it's possible. Now it's going to get a lot harder. It's going to get a lot harder, but, um, but they, they have so many other strong areas of the football team that I, I think they can possibly do it. Some of it too, is when you play a team too, mm -hmm. you know, like they're going to get the chargers here in two weeks. And all of a sudden, Justin Herbert is hurt and Joey Bosa might miss a few weeks and Rashawn Slater's out for the season. Uh, the Chargers are kind of having that Chargers luck hit all of a sudden all at once. Now, I, st I still think that's a really talented football team, so I wouldn't just pencil them in as, you know, uh, unless Chase Daniel is starting that game, I wouldn't pencil them in as anything. Um, you know, the Patriots you probably could have beaten the Patriots anyway, but if Brian Hoyer is starting that game, you better beat the Patriots. Mm -hmm. um, so those two games right there got a little bit easier. Now I, I don't want to go too crazy because the Browns haven't really played anybody yet, but they've taken advantage of what's been in front of them. And if they beat the Falcons and go into that chargers game three and one and the Chargers and Patriots 
Well, the Chargers, I, I still think the Chargers are very good. The Patriots are not. You know, before you have to face, ball, you know, get into really the teeth of this schedule, it just feels like that part of it gets pushed back a little bit. It's not quite as difficult these first six games as it was like three or four days ago. Yeah, I, I think it makes a huge difference. I really do. I mean, if Mac Jones had been able to take that next step up and if he had started to play uh, some good football, um, you know, you never know what can happen when Bill Belichick is coaching a football team. You just never know uh, what they're going to have in mind for you. Um, but I think that one, you know, like you said, that that one should be easier for them. And as you mentioned, I mean, the Chargers, every time I uh, turn on, you know, look at Twitter or anything else, something else is happening to them. And I mean, yeah, we all looked at that game as, you know, Justin Herbert versus Jacoby Brissett. But I mean, he has basically torn rib cartilage. And, you know, do you really want to face Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney with torn rib cartilage? Right? I mean, right. and you're starting, is it that's their right tackle, isn't it, Slater? Um, yeah, I thought he was their left tackle, but oh, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll double check. But, you know, yeah, left tackle. Yeah, they're starting. You're starting left tackle. Hello. Um, if Miles is back by them, which, you know, from what we know now, there's probably a good chance that he will be. Um, yeah, you don't want to be without your starting left tackle. So, yeah, I think that game takes on a little bit of new meaning without if Joey Bosa can't play, if if Justin Herbert has is in pain if they don't have their left tackle it yeah it it changes things now you know that said i you know i still look this team i think could run the ball on anybody so i, I think they have that going for them but you know i i still don't feel 100 percent comfortable just penciling in wins for this team even against a team like atlanta who's kind of funky and can score some points like you just never quite know what can happen right i mean that's what happened with the jets right Oh, the Browns are going to beat the Jets. The Jets stink. And then the Jets score two touchdowns in two minutes. Mm -hmm. So you just never know what's going to happen. And, you know, again, I still think the Chargers are good. And then you then you get into Baltimore. You know, Lamar looks like the MVP all of a sudden. You know, the Bengals, I'm not buying into anything the Bengals are doing early this year. Even if they lose on Thursday to the Dolphins, I think that's just a weird a weird game. So I'm not putting that much stock into kind of where they're at right now. I still, I still think they're really good. And then you've got Buffalo and Tampa who at least has a really good defense. I, I still think this is tough, uh, but they've got a chance to do what they needed to do in these first four. If they win in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what you would have expected. It's not the teams that we expected. They may have won or lost to, right. I mean, I think we all thought, Oh, okay. Maybe they lose to the possibly lose to the Steelers on Thursday night football and beat the Jets or whatever. But um, but yeah, you're right, Dan. And anything can happen. Anything can happen. It depends on how teams match up. If you get a team that can stop the run, and there are not very many teams that do a good job at stopping the run. But if you get a team that can stop the run and control the clock a little better on their on their end, uh, you know, you can you can make some hay that way. And for sure, if you can turn the ball over and get takeaways, uh, that's always who's going to win the game. So that, that that's the name of the game. And I think a big reason why the Browns are probably going to be uh, better than some people thought they would be with Jacoby Brissett because of uh, the lack of 
turnovers. And there is, you know, this is hard to talk about because it could be if you're if you get Alex Wright and Isaac Rochelle as your starting ends on Sunday, you're a very different looking defense than if you even have just one of Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, definitely different. Absolutely definitely different. They were already into their depth just without Jadavian because they had already lost Chase Winovich for probably possibly the season with a hamstring injury. So they were already down a little bit there. So if you start to get, you know, without those three guys, you're looking at Alex Wright as your top edge rusher. You know, who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? So, you know, they might have to, um, they might have to start looking around a little bit and see what else that, you know, that they can come up with. But yeah, it would, I'm sure the Falcons will be um, delighted if they don't have to face both of those guys. Okay, Scott Mandel from Los Angeles says, this is a, a question in the similar vein. Hey, Mary Kay, after watching Jacoby Brissett over the past three games and seeing how crazy the league has been over the past three weeks, have you reconsidered your predictions about the Browns season? And you were slightly more optimistic than I was. Um, I picked them to go eight and nine and miss the playoffs. You left the door open for them to make the playoffs. I mean, like you said, you you know, things are setting up well for them um, at this point to potentially get into the playoffs kind of based on the state of the state, the teams are in that they have to play and all of that. So um, do you feel differently though about where this team could be, or do you still feel kind of the same about where they're headed? I think I feel better. I think I feel better after watching Jacoby play the, the last couple of games and connecting with Amari Cooper and seeing how well those, those two guys are, are doing together. Now, I think teams are start going to start to give more attention to Amari Cooper. Um, but I, I think that, you know, if you take him away, I still think, as we talked about on a, on a previous pod, I still think there's a lot of room for improvement for other skill players. I mean, you really just haven't seen a game where he's been able to spread the ball around to four or five guys kind of equally. Uh, but I still think that is to come. So, you know, when you still have Donovan Peoples-Jones and you still have more David Njoku to come and you still have more Harrison Bryant and uh, then, you know, David Bell's going to grow up a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's better than I thought it was going to be. Now, they really haven't played, uh, you know, a, a tremendous defense yet. And when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, they were without T.J. Watt. And he impacts the game in the same way that Miles Garrett does. And I mean, even if Miles is not getting the sacks, he is impacting the game on every single play. And that's what TJ Watt does. And they didn't have him. But um, but I think that it, it does seem like uh, Jacoby is going to be better in general than I thought he might be, especially after that first game. I mean, after that first game, he just looked off. He really looked off. And I, I wondered at that point, I thought, boy, this is going to be worse than I thought it was going to be. And then he got it kind of turned around. So now I do think that six victories by him are not out of the realm of possibility. And therefore the playoffs are not out of the realm of possibility. And I, I think the most positive development is, and obviously everyone is rightly talking about Jacoby Brissett, but to me, this is still just all about four guys, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller. The Browns, nobody has run the ball more than the Browns. Uh, nobody has more rushing yards per game than the Browns. Nobody has more rushing yards total than the Browns right now. And you're just seeing Kevin Stefanski make this commitment to 
I'm going to run the ball. I, I don't care. I mean, he has a drive. That game against the Steelers Thursday night, I don't know if I've ever – the Browns have beaten the Steelers, but I don't think I've ever seen come away from a Browns-Steelers game thinking the Browns were just tougher and more physical than them. They, they just – in every stretch of the word, especially on offense, they just beat the Steelers up. They really did. I mean, they really, really did. And did you, you, I'm sure you read all of those quotes from the Steelers after the game about, they were just saying things like, uh, well, Mike Tomlin said, Nick Chubb controlled the game. Um, Guys like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick were saying, uh, you know, they, they did whatever they wanted and we couldn't do anything to stop them. Pretty much talking about the running game. Um, There were other, oh, Cam Hayward, I mean, Cam Hayward, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL saying, um, you know, they, they kicked our behinds in a camp, more Cam Hayward word. <laughs> um, and, you know, simple as that, you know, like it was, it was a, a beating by them. And that was from mostly from Nick and Kareem and from that amazing offensive line and those two pro bowl guards. I mean, that's, you know, the Browns did a good job of building tough through the lines. They really invested a lot of effort and money and time into the trenches. And it's paying off. And more team, I, I can't believe more teams don't do that. You know, I mean, every time I look at the lineup of like left tackles that have to go against Miles, it's like, what are you people thinking? You know, I mean, teams don't work hard enough on building their offense and defensive lines. And, and they've done it in a way that it just all works together. You know, I mean, Joel mm-hmm. and Wyatt are two of the best polling guards in the league. Um, JC was really good at it. Um, and it, it looks like Ethan Pochich is doing a nice job. Now they have Jack Conklin back and he looked like he didn't miss a beat. Jed, mm-hmm. it seems like Jed is playing well. And these guys just kind of love, you know, I wrote about that 10, that 11 play drive where they ran the ball 10 times. And the one pass play was this just killer play action that they hit Amari Cooper on. a, I think it was 32 yards. Um, it was, they just imposed their will. And it's, it feels like as long as Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback that they're going to really stick with this run game. And again, just kind of ask him to, make the plays when they're there and and put that ball, put the ball in his hands with opportunities to make easier plays. And he's been doing it. And and that run, as long as they can run the ball, I think they can compete with anybody. And, you know, I mean, we, we have seen the Colts do it. We've seen the Titans do it, you know, just really take advantage of a really, really strong running game. And if you have that, and then you pair that with a really good defense and the Browns, they, they, I mean, Talk about imposing their will. That defense really in the second half shut them down. I mean, that was very, I mean, that was very impressive. But um, when you pair that kind of a running game with a really good defense, you're going to win a lot of, you can win a lot of football games. I mean, they actually have a chance uh, to, to be a winning team this year. They really do, even with Deshaun being out for 11 games. So I, I don't think people should, should give up on this team anytime soon and you know i'm just curious to see you know when they do get into you know how does justin herbert look in two weeks we'll see but then 
you know, it's just going to be interesting when they have to go against Lamar, if he's still playing at the level he's playing and, and Joe Burrow, if he's figured it out, they've, they've got to go to Buffalo and take on Josh Allen. Um, th- those are going to be, there's probably going to be one or two of those games where it just kind of stands out that, oh yeah, they've got a guy over there and the Browns are kind of just waiting for their guy to come back, but yeah, that's yeah. okay. They, yeah. they don't have to win every game. Right. And they won't. But even when you look at, you know, a team like the Bills, they got beat yesterday, you know? I mean, so none of these teams right now are really unbeatable at all. Um, and the Bills, their defense, they were, they were without a number of defensive guys. And, um, and their safety, you know, their Pro Bowl safety is out for the season. So, you know, there are a lot of injuries already this season, a lot of season ending injuries, a lot of serious injuries. I mean, by the time the Browns play some of these teams, they might not be the juggernauts we thought they were going to be. Yeah. And like, like the texter pointed out with kind of how crazy things have been, the more two and one and one and two teams right now, the better. Mm-hmm. Oh so yeah. Just the more, the closer everybody is to that nine and eight or 10 and seven, that's the better for this team is with Deshaun Watson looming. Absolutely. I mean, aren't, aren't you starting to feel that way too a little bit, Dan, that, you know, with the way things are shape, shaping up, that it's not out of the realm of possibility that this could go better than a lot of people thought. Yeah, I, I think I'm still a little more cynical. Okay. <laughs> I gotcha. That's okay. But I, you know, I, I think there, I think I very clearly see the formula. Yeah. And I, and I think it can work. And I think it just kind of depends on like if Cincinnati just doesn't figure it out and they end up going seven and 10, yeah, you know, th- there's your opportunity. Um, right. You know, it, it just sort of depends on what else happens around the league. And so, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. There's, there's a chance here. Three weeks in, you're exactly where you want to be. And, you know, the other thing I keep thinking about this is this this offense, and I, we've seen, you know, we've seen Brian Hoyer run it. We've seen uh, different guys run it. This offense is set up for an above average quarterback to look really good. And I think that might be what's happening with Jacoby. He's, he's good enough at enough things that he can look really good in this offense. Did you hear that, Baker? This is... <laughs> This is what we said at the beginning. This is what could have been, uh, but you had to be off the leash. Yeah. Couldn't do it. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. Like I said, a little bit. Well, I guess we ended up going about as long as we normally go, but a little shorter here on the, uh, the HMK segment um, of the orange and Brown talk podcast. Those questions came from our, from our football insider subscribers, cliven.com slash Brown's the blue banner at the top of the page to get that newsletter every day. Get access to exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns and become one of our text subscribers. And of course, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mary Kate, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great.